The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This is Off Track with Hinch and Rossi. You guys. Hello and welcome <laughs> to a low energy edition of Off Track with Hinch and Rossi. Lower energy because it's earlier than we usually record by a significant factor. I like that and we're all in different time zones again. <laughs> we are. Because we got, we got Eastern, we got Mountain, and we got Pacific. I like how yeah. we went from last week being in the same state. To and now in the we're same in country. Now we're in different countries and time zones, the three of us. That's good times. Yeah. Yeah. I just love how, I mean, Tim, I, I got to commend you. Um, you. You took it like a champ when we told you that we need to record at 530 in the morning Pacific time, but also like, welcome to the real world. By the way, that's not the real world. People work nine yeah. to five, not 530 AMs no. to no. 230 no, PM. Because you got to get people, up early. You got to sit three hours in traffic. Go to the gym. Well, I get up at 6.30. I feel like that's a normal ass time to get up. I mean, some people get up at yeah. 4. Okay, but yeah, that's But awful. they're serial killers, so. Yeah. The no, more no, they're, six, they're, like my no they're, six, they're successful, like Mark Wahlberg. That's yes, fair. correct. That's yes, fair. a lot of hyper-successful people do get up at like 4.30, 5 o'clock, do like two hours of work and working out and whatever. And meditation. Um getting also, paid millions. Also, I like being told by the two race car drivers, welcome to the real world. Like you guys didn't just pick a career at 10 and not grow out of it like everyone else. 10? More like five. <laughs> yeah, come on. Every five-year-old boy wants to be a astronaut, a firefighter, or a race car driver. We just never in 2023. <laughs> I don't know what that no, means they, here. They all everybody, want to be influencers now. Yeah. They want it's to the be number what? one influencers. It's the number oh, one like job that if you ask kids what they want to be when they grow up no, it's oh, that's Adam, i want to be famous i uh, same thing <laughs> yeah yeah well not really is a lot of those influencers fame. have no actual talent they just video stuff and yeah, so I mean, yeah they just want to be famous yeah yeah we say some of them do ourselves. don't get me wrong no 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 some of them do um yeah, but we were famous for other reasons that like required talent. <laughs> yeah. Don't worry, Remember Tim. Remember when we I, used to like make an effort to interview those types of people? We ran out of people, man. Yeah, should we do that more? I don't know. Hey, fans, message Tim and tell him if you want to have us. I think the fans are the ones that shut it down. To be fair, we ran through my list of people I know that are successful. <laughs> well, no, but I think we should just, I mean, we're at the point now where we just have to start sending out random emails to famous people we don't know and saying, hey, do you want to come on our show? And there's like a 90-10 chance they say no, but there's that 10. That's my that's my strategy for dating. Yes, correct. <laughs> if you were to apply that to other areas of your life, you'd be just as unsuccessful with that. <laughs> Anyway, I'm, I'm glad you you decided like hey, it's a nice day. There's construction outside. I'll set up on the patio. Uh, can you hear that? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Just eat some chips and mask the noise. <laughs> that actually brings up one of the topics I wanted to discuss. All right, I'll move inside because you're right. If there's construction in the background, that's annoying. <laughs> I like the exaggerated drilling right after you said that. <laughs> <laughs> And we're back. And we're back. Um, 
So you talk about eating chips into the microphone. We just uh, were all at Thermal Motor Club. For mm-hmm. Did you ever show up, Tim? Yep. But uh, you didn't come out and hang out with us. No, not to the track. He wasn't allowed in the track. Yeah. How was there drilling inside? No, that was the door opening and closing. We're good now. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, so we were there. And before the test, we'll get to the test, obviously. But before the test, uh, it was the sort of mandatory yearly IndyCar media day things, right? And you set up in a conference center in a hotel and every different outlet has their own room and the drivers have to bounce around to all the different things. We've talked about this before. And so uh, this year in the NBC social media room, one of the things that they're doing, I don't know, I I don't think I'm ruining anything by saying this, but they're doing like an ASMR style advertisement because apparently those are like all the rage right now. But it was super funny sitting in the room and having the people who are running the room ask each driver if they know what ASMR is. Keeping in mind that like two thirds of the field is like ESL and had, yeah, had no idea what this was. But I was like, Rossi like walks BDSM in the room or something. I don't think they had any idea what it was. Oh. I don't think they would know what that is. And so when when you walked in the room, I was like. This guy's definitely going to know it because he loves scratching his beard on microphones to bug the too. <laughs> I also, I also just love it. Like the, the so you're one of those make, people. The people that well, I wouldn't say I love it, but I, I find it fascinating, especially like the video editing of the guys that do it, like for cooking. Like so, all the for different cooking. sounds of cooking. Yeah. Oh yeah, those really, are cool. really awesome. It, yeah. Like I've, the I've chopping and then the yeah, popping yeah. of like the tomato can opening a jar yeah it's just yeah really really good grating of the cheese Mm -hmm. exactly yeah yeah, i can see that being being a sound intensive environment i'll send you a i'll send you a profile that i frequent to often i feel like are you are you sick or are you just talking through a microphone from like 1912 i don't know what's happening here i'm not sick but i'm i mean it's my airpod microphone so i don't know okay it's very gravelly. Are you also recording well, on your phone? Can you record on your no. phone too? Sure. It's a great. Morning. I find. I feel it's like six twenty in the morning. So yeah, nobody sounds great at six twenty. That's fair. That's fair. Um, so I feel like when it comes if you to have a problem uh, with it, turn it off. <laughs> no, let's not encourage our listeners no, no, to turn off the show. Yeah. Give it a second. <laughs> and now it's good. See. And now it'll be good. Um, yes, no, I was saying, I feel like, I feel like for that ASMR stuff, it, it's either something that like clicks in your brain or it doesn't like you either listen to it and you're like, it's a bunch of weird noises or you listen to it. You're like, this is really fascinating. And I'm into it. Let's talk about, let's talk about thermal. Um, I, uh, yeah, I didn't, I didn't realize until the morning of Friday that like I needed to be on an additional list. So I just didn't come until afterwards, but, uh, it looks like really highlighting I, by the way i did i just texted you way too late you were already in the car <laughs> highlighting another example of you being non essential uh yes yes so yeah alex let's talk about thermal uh thermal motor club about 45 minutes outside of palm springs private members club uh very expensive to be a part of it lots of nice road cars are kept there and track days are committed there but uh, IndyCar went out and did their test there. And what did you think? I was pleasantly surprised. Um, I think I was pleasantly surprised with the track. And especially after doing the track walk on the first day, I thought, man, the tires are going to last less than three laps. Um, just because the duration of the corners and the, the, the roughness of the asphalt, um, not in terms of it, not being smooth, but just the uh, the abrasiveness, I should the say. Aggregate, yeah, uh, yeah. So we were um, a little bit concerned about that. Um, but that being said, it was it was the opposite. Like it was um, pretty easy to test there to get multiple runs on a set of tires. Um, you know, you had a, a really good combination of high speed corners, low speed corners, um, braking zones, traction events. Um, kind of change of direction stuff. Like some of the corners 
you know, were, were slower than we would really ever see. Um, but ultimately you were able to, to get a feel of what the car did in, in all aspects of, um, kind of the season other than probably like a bumpy track. Um, so I, I thought it was a really nice place to, to test. Um, they were incredibly welcoming, um, in, in the sense that they threw us a, a welcome party on the first night. Um, kind of all the members did to, to kind of host us. Um, they provided all the teams and drivers with, with meals. Um, they provided the team or the drivers and team owners with these kind of like casita hotel rooms that were on site. Um, so yeah, from that standpoint, I thought it was, it was, uh, really awesome. The weather was phenomenal. Uh, we were right on the final approach for a private airport, which had more private, sorry, more badass private planes that I've ever seen fly into a singular airport. And what was fascinating to me was this, it wasn't even Palm Springs airport. This was no. like the little thermal Coachella airport. And it's not even like there was anything going on, no. right? It's not like and, there was some big event to like, IndyCar testing was aside, which wasn't open. Yes, yes. It was a, a Thursday and a Friday, and it was incredible. It was every 10 minutes. There was like another insane plane coming in to land. Yeah, and every and once in a while, like not, a little Cessna. <laughs> right, but we're not even talking like, no offense to, to Marco or whatever. We're not even talking like a Hawker, like a smaller mid-sized jet. We're talking full-size yeah, like these are all like globals. ER jets. Yeah. Well, ERs, globals, Gs. Like it was really, really impressive. So, anyways, um, clearly a lot of a lot of money in in that part of California, especially at that time of year. Um, and so I think it was a big win for IndyCar. Could IndyCar race there one day? I don't know. Um, there's it's obviously not set up to host fans from a viewership standpoint. Um, the track. The layout, would it make for good racing? Potentially. Like we always thought that Barber would never race well, but it actually right. is is always a really good race. So maybe this would kind of be of the same um, same kind of uh, profile. Um, the only thing that I would say is there certainly needs to be a step taken in terms of some of the um, you know runoff areas and tire barriers and, and that sort of thing. But ultimately, like I think it was a huge success for for everyone involved. It's funny. I think one of the things that you know when, when it was announced, I think a lot of the, like the teams and drivers were a little upset because drivers and engineers never want to go testing when you have so few test days, right? You never want to go testing a track you don't race at. You want to right. use it for a place you're actually going to run. But what happens when you do that, right? If you have a two day preseason tested barber, as we've done in the past, for example, your engineers will have a laundry list of test items and development items and like different setup philosophies that they want to try and evaluate for the whole year. Right. And what inevitably happens is you get there and you end up spending two days just tuning your car to be fast at barber because that mm -hmm. is a track that you race at. So I feel like one of the benefits of going somewhere you don't race is, you know, I walked through the paddock for those two days and talked to a lot of drivers almost all of them have the exact same thoughts that you did on everything. They were pleasantly surprised. They enjoyed driving the track kind of up in the air on whether they thought a race would be doable there or whatever. But I think what it did was it allowed a lot of teams to actually test either new parts, new philosophies, whatever, because lap times were kind of irrelevant. And so as a result, I do think that, looking at the the times at the end of the day is probably less relevant and less valuable than any other preseason, you know, spring training event that's taken place at a track we actually race at. I'm not sure we have any idea what the pecking order is yet before we get to St. Pete because of that. But that's what's awesome about it. Um, it was interesting to see, you know, what teams were up top, what teams were in the middle, what teams were at the bottom. Um, it was also good that there was like no major incidents a lot of guys going off, and man, was it a dusty mess Dude. when people went off. The, yeah, that I is heard about that. I will, I will say that gravel definitely stops a car. Like I, not from experience, but like it clearly stopped a car because some people lost it in some very high speed stuff and never hit anything. But the amount of dirt and dust that it then produces, like Felix spun in in a pretty high speed corner. <laughs> 
and, and literally couldn't drive for a couple of hours because he couldn't breathe. Like there was so much dust in his body. Like he was like choking on his own breath. They're saying when the safety team got to his car, the entire aero screen was completely caked in dust. And then they looked in and so was his entire body, like helmet covered, suit covered. He was still shaking dust out of his hair the next morning. But like when that happened, I was in pit lane and someone goes, holy crap, look. And as you looked over, I'm not kidding, man. You couldn't see more than two pit boxes down pit lane. The dust cloud looked like you were in the middle of like, the uh, the Arabian desert as it was just like a like during a dust storm during a dust storm like you couldn't it was blocking out the sunlight I couldn't see the car that had spun I couldn't see the flag stand I could see two cars down the road and everyone just got covered every timing stand every laptop everything just got totally covered in dust so we we talked about this a bit Friday night James because uh, you and I had dinner with uh, Buzzkill and and Wong and and like you realize very quickly that you're breathing all that in. Yes. <laughs> like you yeah. realize why people in deserts have the thing covering their mouth. So I yeah. worked on, uh, I worked on that movie after earth and we shot in Moab, Utah for one summer. And it was the exact same thing. Like with, at, within one day, everybody started putting the bandanas over their mouth just to like not be breathing in all that dust. Cause it gets everywhere. And you got to mm. think that's in your lungs or in your, it's like somewhere it shouldn't be. Yeah. Yeah. So you can imagine how Felix felt <laughs> coughing all that stuff up for the next little while. Probably um, not great for you. Suboptimal, suboptimal. Your first day in the car in anger with the new organization. How was day one as a McLaren driver? Oh, day one was terrible, but um, it was terrible <laughs> for it was terrible for all three of us. Um, so I we, we did the the fewest amount of laps. Um, it was something good. where I was, I have never been a part of an IndyCar event <clears throat> where I have gotten towards the end of the test being like, how are we going to use all these sets of tires? <laughs> <laughs> That's so, awesome. so many That's tires. <laughs> so uh, on the first day, we only really ran like 18 ish laps um, because. The whole so, day? Yeah, the whole day. Um, wow. So McLaren is getting, they obviously kind of have taken over full control of of the organization now um, from SP and Aero McLaren SP and, and all that sort of thing. Um, so with it came a lot of new technology um, from overseas. And a lot of that technology is networked into England and a part of the whole global parental organization of McLaren. Um, and it was, it was challenging, just like every thing with new technology these days and networks and firewalls and getting things to talk to each other from, you know, tr transporter to shop to car to other factory in another country. Like it, it was just, it was difficult. So there was some teething issues um, on the first day. Uh, the second day was all resolved, um, so we actually got to to get, you know, up to speed and, and everything. And, and ultimately, you know, my car is is a lot of new people, um, so it's it's funny because like there's there's guys that are very good at at their job, but IndyCar is new to them. So you're kind of going through. So they've got the high level stuff sorted, but kind of the the, the more basic stuff that you wouldn't even think about. So for example, my front end guy. I got into the car for the first day and he was like, now what? Like he didn't know how to put the belts on. <laughs> so he had to like uh, go through that. <laughs> so it was like, it was like things that you wouldn't think to talk to people about that right. kind of, we were just going through um, and, and getting that process started. Um, but day two was, was very successful. I think um, it was nice to really get an understanding of the car and, and, and the Chevy engine. Um, you know, there's, there was some very clear differences that, you know, we've often talked about in theory. And, and I think that, you know, the broadcast and teams and drivers have, have alluded to, but certainly feeling it for yourself, um, is always a little bit different. Um, and so, yeah, I think day two was, was, was really productive. Um, and, but it's just crazy because it's one more day 
and then at St. Pete. So it's like, it's, it's coming fast and it's just weird this year to have such, such few days, but same for everyone. Yeah. I mean, yeah, but most people aren't doing a massive team and manufacturer switch all in that time. Right. If you are still at a dread, auto sport would be old hat and three days would be like, yeah, I'd rather have more, but this is fine. We've done this a hundred times. This is all new. And like you say, a lot of new people on your program, specifically a lot of new technology within the team as a whole. So a lot of different things going on. So you guys are doing, uh, I assume you're doing a day at Sebring or something on the yeah, way to Sebring. Day, day at Sebring next week, um, <laughs> which I also think will be, will be nicer because the other thing was it was difficult for me to really get an understanding of what the car does because when I'd, like, I couldn't ask. Right. I couldn't ask Pat on Felix, is, is this normal? And they'd be like, right. I don't know. Like, I've never been yeah. here. It's like, yeah, that's fair. So um, I think Sebring will be will be easier for us to kind of get things um, more sorted from a from a differentiating standpoint and, and understanding kind of what I need um, going into St. Pete. But ultimately, really happy with, I mean, like you said, I think no one really cared about the times of the test. Um, and so for us specifically, that was awesome because it, it literally gave Craig, who's my new engineer, and I the ability to just like, these are the changes I run through on a race weekend, like from his standpoint. And then it'd be like, okay, well, these are changes that I like on a race weekend or in qualifying or changing from, you know, Friday afternoon to Saturday morning or something like that. So I, um, I think we learned a lot uh, about each other um, in a short period of time. So yeah, it's uh, all good over here. All good in and or around the hood. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash credit card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash credit card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash credit card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Start clean with Clorox. Because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... Hey, honey. You know your dad's world-famous chili. Yeah, the one that takes 24 hours to make. So I was trying to help out and bring the pot to the table, but it was like super hot. And then I um dropped it. And now the floor looks all, you know, stained with chili. Look, the point is, you guys cool with pizza for dinner? <laughs> Honey? Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. Tim, how was your time in Palm Springs? Really good until it wasn't. Uh, James, what, you yeah. and I had what, what happened? James uh, had an extra room, so I came out and we we hung out Friday and had a really good time, and it was a, it was fun. I, I brought all the astronomy gear so we could see that comet. Did you? And uh, it was cloudy. No, it was cloudy, but at least all the gear got stolen. <laughs> or or destroyed. Or destroyed. Yeah, that's true. The one telescope. Yeah, so my car was broken into. Um. They stole a telescope, they stole a camera, they stole the computer that controls it, my laptop, my Remarkable. They took one of the other telescopes, Hazel's first telescope, and just threw it on the ground to break it. And uh, yeah, broke a window on my car and the rear windshield in my car. All the all the people that were involved in that can can go jump. I'm very upset. Now, the, the part that was, I mean, the, the broken telescope actually pissed me off the most, because what do you gain from that? 
But then they stole my laptop and I have find my phone. So like I got find my phone, it, it pinged to an address like five miles away. And I'd already given the police report and everything. So I called the police and I was like, hey, it shows it's at this address. And they're like, okay, we'll we'll send a cop. And, you know, there I was like, should I meet you there? They're like, look, meet us like a block away. <laughs> like, don't don't try and like get your stuff back. Um, so I met him like a block away and then we went, but it turned out the address was like a big apartment complex. So they were like, okay, if we knew exactly which apartment, you know, we could do something, but there's zero chance we could get a warrant for like 40 apartments and we can knock on all the doors, but nobody has an obligation to answer. Nobody has an obligation to let us in or talk to us at all. So they're like, unless it pings again, you know, there's nothing we can do. And it, it never really pinged again. So that was like, that was an upsetting part because it was a bit of a roller coaster. It was like, my car got broken into and everything got stolen. And it was like, oh, I might get it back. And then go to the address. And it was like, no, it's gone again. It's just and so then, frustrating. And then a two and a half hour drive home of like, oh, I'm getting that weird whoop, 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 whoop thing. Let me roll the window up. Nope, no window. Can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> like, so it was it's been frustrating but you know what it's it's also it's just stuff um i have insurance so you know i'm taking care of things sucks um but worse things have happened that is true that is true and at least this time you know you didn't back into a car and break your car that is not what happened that time. I'm sorry. When did you back into a car? No, I got hit when I was parked, and he's mm-hmm. saying that I backed into it. Mm-hmm. Oh, I remember that. Yeah, I remember that. Because cars, yeah, 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 cars yeah. just drive into parked cars all the time. I mean, yeah, sometimes. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> Normally been, not the parked car that's doing the driving. to Los Angeles? <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Well, that was my Palm Springs experience. Um, the, the other thing that really sucks about it is, Hazel and I were going to go to Death Valley this weekend. There's this big uh, astrophotography thing. We're going out with a big group of people. We're going to like get some really cool pictures. And it's just like, you know, we got, we can't, got nothing just bring, now. Just bring your iPhones. It'll be fine. They're really good these <laughs> days. They're really good these days. They've got um, like 15X Zoom. Yeah. So <clears throat> I, yeah, I, I mean, there's nothing else to say to that. It's just, it just sucks. And I hate everybody that was involved in doing that. Um, yeah, Hazel, Hazel yesterday, she was like, you know what? I hope they needed it more than we did. And she like had the right thing. And I was just like, yeah, I'm not there yet. <laughs> I love that your daughter is more adult about yeah. this situation. Yeah, she than was you so are. mature. I mean, she's obviously upset, but she was so mature. Yeah. And I was just like, I'm still in the blind rage phase. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So as this is very obviously a travel podcast, I have another story of travel that I want to just, it just makes me so angry. So I have one as well. So when you're done, perfect, perfect. So we've talked a lot about travel and my desire to, to write a short book um, about airplane and airport and rental car etiquette. It's travel etiquette. And one of my big beefs is always like, the plane is supposed to deplane in order of the rows, right? Mm-hmm. And you just you just you chill out until it's your row, and then do what you got to do: get out, get your bags, and off you go. I had an example where <laughs> not only was somebody anxious, like, this is how anxious they were to get off the plane. The plane parks at the gate, the seatbelt light goes off. And I was just finishing throwing my book into my backpack. So I didn't like immediately stand up and jump into the aisle, which to be fair, a lot of times I do just because I want to stand and stretch my legs. But I I took like an extra five, 10 seconds before that happened. I was on the aisle. The guy in the window seat went, excuse me. And so as I went to try to stand up to like move out into the aisle so that he could also, he walked over me. Nope. That's, you should, that's, (laughs) you just punch him right in the into the aisle and i was just so like i was just so shocked i was so taken aback it's like being slapped by a stranger in public you're just like what what just happened and he walked over me and so like now this is i'm very upset at this behavior so then he gets out in the aisle so then i stand up in the aisle behind him because he's 
And then he goes to open the overhead bin. Guess where his bag is? It's right in front of me, which is further back than where he is currently standing because of his anxiousness to get over me and into the aisle. He now can't reach his bag and was kind of like staring at it and staring at me. And I was like, oh, oh I'm sorry. You, you expect me to touch that bag? Absolutely not. There's a 0% <laughs> chance you were getting any assistance to get that bag. And so he's trying to like reach over me and another person to get it. And I'm just like standing there. I'm like, if that bag touches me, <laughs> if that bag touches me, buddy, we're going to have an issue. And it was so stupid and embarrassing for him because at the end of the day, he was right one person in front of me in line leaving the plane. It's like, what did you gain by being such an Yeah. That's it was insane. insanity. <clears throat> Walking I've never even heard of somebody. that happening. Never, never in a million in a million miles flown. Never have I seen that happen. And I'm I so think that, I'm that's like the one, I'm I think that's the one case where you would have been fully justified to just knock him one in the <laughs> as he's climbing over you. Just I, yeah, it's not a bad idea. Just been like, I uh, yeah, I don't know. I, don't think you I just touch people in the <laughs> but you know, closed fist. And, I think it's okay. Then it's um, just <laughs> yeah. If your hands open, it's weird. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. It's the opposite right. of, of hitting somebody in the face. So, <laughs> I, I've got, what I've, you? Got, I've got two actually. So, two flights yesterday from Arizona to Colorado uh, via Dallas, which is very annoying, but here we are. Um, and uh, so, the first flight um, was flying, uh, got, up, got upgraded, so that was nice. So, it was in the front. And um, it was one of the smaller CRJ 700s. Uh, so the only bathroom was in the very He's back. fancy airplane. No, just a small regional jet. And um, we were flying into Dallas. And about 20 minutes from landing, I was like, I got to pee. Like, I got to pee. But it was too late. I was like, I'll be okay. Well, it was one that. of those things. It was one of those things where it, it exponentially ramped up, like, quickly. And so we landed, and I was like, okay. And then it was like, I looked at where we were on, like, my airplane chart on my phone versus where <laughs> our gate was. And I was like, oh. This is a 15-minute taxi. Like 13 minutes. <laughs> and I was like, I was, like, starting to shake. Like, I was gripping the, the hand rest. My buddy next to me was like, dude, you're, you're, like, sweating. I said, I know. Like, I'm in excruciating pain. To the point where we were five minutes away and I was like, you know what? I don't care. I'm pissing my pants. Like, I I can play this off as water. I don't care. So I legitimately tried to pee my pants. It's so hard. I tried so hard and I couldn't. And so I was like, I don't know what to do. I'm not going to be able to make it up a jet bridge. So as soon as that thing had its e-brake set and the seatbelt sign was off... I stood up and started running as fast as I could Just, while holding yeah. while holding my and I got to the back and the flight attendant <laughs> the, like the, the the temporary seat was in front of the door and she was like what are you doing and I said I am so sorry I have to pee so bad and she just started laughing I was like okay and I put her thing up. <laughs> at the time yeah and I it must have been 50 seconds of just like <laughs> it was the most I just exact. also love you just rushing the cockpit. <laughs> it was no, he's going no, back the back. I was going back. Oh god, it was he's going against traffic that are all right, trying to get off like, the plane. All those people that are standing up trying to get forward. I was like, no, move. I'm sorry. Yep. Excuse me. Move. I'm sorry. You will get peed on. These are yeah, your options. Like, um, I really hope both of these happened as you guys landed in Indianapolis. I know they didn't, but that just like just a chance that either of you got recognized would have been uh, fantastic for me. So yeah. the next flight, I was much better prepared, went pee before. Drank <laughs> I had a very, bottle. But yeah, drank very small amounts. <laughs> no, dude, I was like, I was at the point, I was like, can I pee in my backpack? Like, what can, <laughs> what, what, options do I have here? <laughs> what electronics should I remove to pee in my backpack? <laughs> so I was flying, upgraded again, coming to Denver. And um, so the guy next to me, so check this out, sits down and uh, the lady comes for drinks and he was like, I want, um, I want, I want a drink, but this is how I want it. That's how he opened. And she was like, okay. He said, I want two Tito's bottles, a cup of ice and a full can of Sprite. So she was like, so you want a Tito Sprite? And he was like, yeah, but bring it how I want it. She was like, okay. 
So she brought it separate. I thought he was going to do like some weird like cocktail, like have one of those like cocktail things and make it. Anyways, he didn't. He just yeah, poured yeah. it in and mixed the Sprite. He ordered two more, finished those. And then he ordered two more. And she was like, this, keep in mind, this is like an hour and 40 minute flight. She was like, yeah, I'm not going to bring you. to cut him off. Yeah. I'm not going to bring you two more. You can have one more. And he was like, okay. So anyways, we land. And I'm reaching down to zip up my backpack. And I had my phone in the middle kind of center console thing. Well, he goes to, because everyone's getting off. So I'm zipping on my backpack, grabbing it. He goes to stand up and takes my phone. I said, oh, excuse me, sir. That's my phone. And he said, no, it's not. And I said, well, I mean, yeah, it is. And so he looks at the screen and like the background and he like pauses for a second. and was like, oh, well, then where's my phone? And I said, I don't, I don't know. I'm affected, bro. <laughs> yeah. So like I kind of grab it out of his hand and walk past him. And he goes to the row in front and is like digging through his backpack. I'm like, whatever. So I'm almost to the top of the jet bridge and I have my AirPods in. And I get grabbed on the shoulder, and it's the guy. And he's like, yeah, sorry, can you just confirm that's your phone? And I was like, how would you like me to confirm it? Look at it. Yeah, like, do you have a picture of my dogs on your phone? Like, <laughs> in my music play? Like, what, what are you talking about? And he's like, and he looks at it, and then he looks at me, and he's like, so where's mine? I'm like, wow. man, I don't know. Like, I this is I don't know what you want me to do. I haven't spoken to you all flights. Like, I don't know. And the guy behind him is like, well, maybe it fell in the seat because he we're now blocking the traffic of like the airplane, and so everyone's like kind of witnessing this. And he, the guy's like, oh, maybe it fell in your seat. And he's like, nah, and just walks out. <laughs> <laughs> this guy went from being annoying to my hero like that. <laughs> So, Tim, you now know the solution to get over your blind rage for losing your stuff. Just have five Tito's Sprites and you'll be like, eh. <laughs> so he just That left, is like, wild. So he just like wanted to have a, like a very public confrontation in the middle of the jet bridge. And then it was just like, eh. Then I was like, well, it's not my backpack, so it can't be anywhere else. If that guy doesn't have it, must have left it at home. <laughs> <laughs> like, Sir, when was the last time we saw your phone? Yeah. Tuesday. <laughs> Oh, but it was just amazing I mean, that like he looked at the background so many times and still couldn't believe that that wasn't his phone. I yeah, I just I don't also don't understand just leaving a phone. I would be crippled without my phone. I would have. But like the, the reality is, is it probably is in his backpack. He was just drunk and was like guy looking through his backpack and probably. didn't actually find it. And so he'll go home and wake up hungover and will realize that his phone's there and forget that whole exchange ever happened. Um, um, all right. So before we go, James, you wanted to talk about something. Hold on. Before we get to that, we are we going to just skip over the fact that why Alex was in Arizona and what he was doing oh, yeah, post sure. uh, post test? Because I want to hear all about this. We haven't talked yet. I want to hear all about this. Um, yeah, man. Uh, walked walked a lot. Um, Grand Canyon. <laughs> so we did. We did the. Uh, <laughs> the plan was to do South Rim. To North Rim, back to South Rim. So, walking down um, the South Rim to the Colorado River and back is, you know, one of the harder hikes in the United States. Like it's, it's a pretty big challenge. Um, they don't recommend anyone kind of doing it in one day. Obviously, people can, you know, athletes and professional, like ultra distance runners or hikers or joggers will train and kind of do it up and back in a day because it's it's like 15 miles. Um, so it's not unattainable, okay. but it's, it's you know, almost 10,000 10, vertical. So, I mean, it's okay. it's a lot. Um, and so we, uh, we started the journey um, at 6 a.m. on Sunday morning. So, so wait, started from where? Like, did you, did you camp that night or did you? Stay in a hotel. Or like you hope. Uh, so the, okay. the south, the south rim is very much like Grand Canyon Village. So very touristy, a lot of restaurants, and the north rim is is very inaccessible, um, especially in the winter. It's closed during the winter. The only way that you can get there, if you wanted to go there, is to hike. But there's no there's no water there. There's no utilities turned on. Like everything, it's pretty it's pretty remote. So we started at six a.m. Sunday morning, and it was 
around 18, 19 degrees. So at the top, um, incredibly uh, icy. So a lot of snow up there was snow packed from hikers freezing overnight. So very, very icy. Had 50 pound bags because we were planning on camping at uh, pretty much at the base of the North Rim um, that evening. So I'd never known these existed, but we actually went and bought through the recommendation of basically a park ranger chains for your hiking shoes. So they're essentially you just get like, like you just get like crampons, can you just get like Yeah, yeah, but I'd never seen them before. I'm not from northern Canada, so <laughs> Got me. Um so yeah. it took us a lot longer to get down than we had planned. It was about a four hour trek down. Um a lot of ice, a lot of taking off layers, putting layers back on, a lot of different climates that you go through. Cross the river and then you start a pretty gradual kind of 13, 12-ish mile hike um, to the North Rim. It's only about a 3,000 foot elevation gain. So very gradual grade, very beautiful kind of inside the canyon. Like the Grand Canyon is obviously an amazing place to, to see, but to see it from a different perspective from kind of the inside of the earth is just pretty awesome. Um, I've always heard that's like the one natural wonder that absolutely does not disappoint. No, it was like you see it man. and it's just... Yeah, it was phenomenal. For thir- basically, we were we were walking for close to thirty hours, and never once were you disappointed at, at any view that you had. Right. Um, so ultimately, we didn't we didn't get to to summit the North Rim. By the time that we got there, it was um, getting dark. We didn't want to necessarily do it at night, so we decided to set up camp early, kind of get a full night's sleep, and then just start the trek out um, earlier than planned on on day two and get a hot shower and a hot meal just sooner than expected. So we, we kind of slept overnight, which was a new experience for your boy. I'd never heard. How was that before? Um, it was okay. I didn't love it, but it was not, it was not terrible. Um, you know, we, we, we brought the right gear, which at the penalty of our backs and our legs from the weight, like it was actually quite comfortable and we had kind of everything that we would need. Um, but it was, I mean, it was hard to fall asleep. Like it was hard to get comfortable. It was hard to, you know, find your, your happy place. But ultimately it was, it was awesome. Um, so we woke up at 4.30 the next morning, um, packed the, the camp up and, and started to head out. Um, and pretty uneventful. Like it was, it was a big challenge, especially with full packs kind of climbing out, um, the next, the next day, like it, it took, took it out of everyone um uh, but did some cool things man like i know for people that camp a lot or whatever this isn't the big that big of a deal but for me like getting water out of a stream and putting a tablet in it and then drinking it like that's yeah that's awesome man that's awesome i hope you took some sick pictures i would like to see them yeah man uh, well very cool very cool i uh yeah i i know you're doing that in preparation to maybe doing something bigger and badder in the future uh very very cool and very brave of you to do that um before we go guys this one quick thing i wanted to touch on <clears throat> so we get asked a lot by um you know younger people especially who have a passion for motorsports and an interest in getting involved in the business about how to do that and you know obviously <clears throat> excuse me alex and i get a lot of uh, of young people asking us how to become drivers, fine. But we also get people who are interested in becoming mechanics or becoming engineers or getting involved in the commercial side of it. And one of the things that uh, has started recently that can really help somebody that wants to get involved in motorsports, kind of more on the commercial side of things, which is probably the harder one for us to, to describe. Because, you know, if you were to ask us, how do you get into to driving or how do you get into being a mechanic or an engineer? We have a little bit more, you know, experience and firsthand knowledge with that. How do you get into the other side of the business, PR, commercial, marketing, whatever, maybe a little more complicated. Um, there is something called the Rod Campbell Award. <clears throat> and um, Rod Campbell was a, uh, was a, a guy that had a, a tremendous uh, impact on motorsports. You know, he went and attended a, a Formula One race when he was a soldier over in Germany in the 50s, fell in love with the sport, decided to come up with a way to to be involved in the sport, um, ended up working for teams, starting his own marketing firm, 
and and helped the careers of a lot of not just drivers and teams with the the people and, and companies that he associated with the sport, but also you know a lot of uh, a lot of young people who worked for him and, and got them involved. Um, and the Rod Campbell Award is something that uh, they take applications, and uh, I think you've got to be eighteen to twenty three to apply for it. Um, and it essentially is a, is an internship. It's a program that immerses you into motorsports with a collection of companies. Some of them you and I know very well. Alex Steinbrenner Racing's involved. Brian Hurd Autosports involved, um, as as long as well as many others. And the the winner AJ from last year uh, actually uh, shadowed Townsend Bell uh, at Nashville uh, at the race last year and kind of got a sense of the TV production side of things and. Um, Long story short, you know, he got to uh, to be, you know, to, to work with and intern with a bunch of different uh, companies that are essentially started or owned by people that, you know, Rod had a connection to or helped get them their start in motorsports. And so they've all agreed to be a part of this as well. So it's a, a paid internship. Um, applications are open now for the 2023 edition of this. And AJ reached out to us. Uh, his mom is a big fan of the show. Hi, AJ's mom. And and just want to say, hey, look, a lot of young people are looking for ways to get into motorsports. This is a great way to do it. It's been great for him. He now has a full time position with Steinbrenner Racing and, and Sean Jones. Um, and so it's it's a very cool way to kind of get your uh, your toe in the water. So, <clears throat> excuse me, what I will do is uh, I will get them uh, to put a link uh, to the application Um to uh yeah to get your your name and application in there if you want to february 20th is the cutoff so i wanted to make sure it got into this episode so it gave people time um but yeah take a look to the link uh, in this episode we'll post it uh, well uh on twitter um because it's a really cool opportunity and aj was a super great kid and i'm excited that he's now in the sport and you know it's uh it's something that hopefully will carry on for many, many years. So if you're young, you want to get into the sport on that side of things, check out the Rod Campbell Award, and hopefully we'll see you at a racetrack soon. And that's all I got very, on that. Very good, James. Uh, Tim, while you're while you're copying and you know posting the link, maybe you should apply. <clears throat> I don't think he fits the uh, the prerequisites. Oh. Yeah. If I have to get up at five every day, I'm not going to do that. No, uh, 18 to 23 years of age, looking to begin, begin a successful career in the automotive and motorsports arenas. That All is right. not Tim. That is not Tim. Mostly because the, the, the success <laughs> part. Right. The award winner will receive six to eight weeks of paid apprenticeship style experience in companies run by Rod's protégés. So, yeah, Bravo. the uh, entry deadline is February 20th, as I said, if you want to work this summer. So uh, get on to that link. Tim will have it. And yeah, it'd be great. In the meantime, what's coming up for this week for everyone? Oh, it's Super Bowl. What's your Super Bowl plans, Alex? Flying to Sebring. You know what's hilarious, man? Is that happens almost every year. The but number of last Super year, Bowls. I watched the Super Bowl at the Outback Steakhouse in Sebring. Yeah. The number of Super Bowls I have like watched or part, you know, like somewhat paid attention to via cell phone. At a racetrack, normally Sebring, once or twice Firebird back in the day. That is hilarious that it always lands on that. Well, well that's disappointing weird, for you. You're a big football what's more, guy. What's more hilarious is the fact that February 14th is just seems to be the test day now. The team's taking IndyCar, and it's like, that's fine. But also, is it is that on purpose? Like, is it are they scheduling it so that they get out of doing something with their <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Maybe, yeah. but wait, why are you, if the test is on the 14th, why are you flying to Sebring on the 12th? Well, James, I co-own a plane. So if I want to take yes. my own plane, I have to sometimes yes. make compromises. So my co-owner of the plane is testing on the 13th. Ah, uh, okay. he's staying sense. the extra day to fly home. Right. So we're each getting right. an okay. extra night in Sebring, but that's okay. That's okay. That's okay. All right. Well, yeah, have fun at the Outback Steakhouse. Tim, I assume you're not doing anything for Super Bowl. I mean, might might slow cook some wings and have some neighbors over. Who's in the Super Bowl? Can you Bowl, send me Tim? some wings? Yeah, I, I don't know. Alex, you you had me bet that the 49ers would win. How's that bet going? Is that still good? I think we had a shot. <laughs> <laughs> so so my brother Lyman and I have had this thing where I guess two rounds ago, whatever, before the division finals, um, 
we started like picking, we were, we were betting each other, right? So we would just go through all the teams and be like, I'm taking this team, I'm taking this team. It's 50 bucks on each game. And up to now, we've broken even. We've all picked the same number of winners. So now we're down to the Super Bowl. We're going to do the same thing. And finally, somebody will actually get paid. But it's just kind of funny that we've broken even on like six or eight games, whatever it's been so far. Yeah, same as Who, my Who's your money on, Alex? Same as my betting crew. Dude, I don't sports bet. <laughs> Can I? Hey, be honest with me. Have you sports bet since I since I blocked your app on your phone on you blocked your FanDuel app via friends? Yes. <laughs> I was gonna say if he said no on that, I was gonna call him out. <laughs> no, yeah, hundred percent. So my buddy Drew, shout out to Drew. I will just text him pics. Hey, <laughs> so, hey, can you can you put you know X amount on this? Yeah. So is this just better because it's harder to do and you, it's not as easy to just chuck more money at it and make stupider bets? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot. It's almost or should like I a, just give you the password no, to your please, No, please app. don't. I mean, no, no, you, no. you no. both have made the riskiest bet, in my opinion. You both have found a woman in this world and bet her half your stuff that you'll be together forever. I honestly thought you were going to say, we bet to go into business with you. I but, mean, I okay. technically, technically haven't yet. But yeah, yeah, he's true. still he's still on the lease to buy program. He hasn't actually <laughs> hasn't actually hit the date where he's got to sign the final paper. But that is coming. That is coming. Um, and I think we talked about it last episode. But we found a venue, guys. Yeah. So get ready. Hey, a venue, address, a tux. You mm. guys are good to go. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's there's a little there's a little woo from Becky on that one. Oh. All right. Well, look at us. On that note, I'm gonna start my day. <laughs> on that note, I'm gonna try to figure out what to do for Super Bowl. On that note, I'm going to go back to bed because I actually didn't need to do this this early. I just wanted to wake Tim up. (laughs) I want that to be true so badly. And listener, just in case, he is still in bed. He is doing this from bed. So this is is very possible. He's just going straight back to sleep just to spite Tim, which would be so so funny. (laughs) Uh, Unfortunately, no, I'm not. But uh, that would be awesome. (laughs) Oh, let's just let let's let the lie live. That one was fun. This has been Off Track with Hinch and Rossi. Off Track is part of the SiriusXM Sports Podcast Network. And if you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please give us a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcasts. We're at Ask Off Track on Twitter and Instagram. And if you want to follow us on Twitter, we're at Hinchtown and at Alexander Rossi. If you want to follow Tim, though I have no idea why you would, he's at the Tim Durham on Twitter. Find us on YouTube and subscribe to our channel for exclusive video content. The music you heard on this episode is by Ryan Dan of Holland Patton Public Library. You can find him online at hollandpattonpubliclibrary.com. Off Track is produced by Tim Durham, and by that we mean fit. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash activecash. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.